Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. All right, John, we are back two weeks in a row of recording. Don't get used to it, though, because we're taking next week off uh, because of my brother's wedding. But we wanted to make sure that we got you something here in September, and we still have so many amazing questions to get to. I've really been enjoying this format. But first, John, yes, it did happen, I think, Thursday of last week. But it's the offseason. We're still allowed to talk about something that happened in the last week. So the Donovan Mitchell trade, Cleveland, not New York. What were your initial thoughts when you first heard the news? I was surprised like everyone else. I really thought he was going to end up in New York. Um, there seemed to be motivation by all parties for him for that to be the landing spot. And I wasn't really sure how far it made sense for Cleveland to go or for or for some of these other teams that were being mentioned and what the salary match would be. Um, obviously, using a Sexton sign and trade as part of this was uh, maybe not something that was easy to envision because it was we. I mean, did we even know if Danny Ainge even wanted to sign this guy? So I think that was the real surprise element because that was really the key to the whole deal coming together between Cleveland and Utah was being able to use Sexton's contract in it. And I... Overall, though, I feel pretty decent about the way everybody played their hand in this. Uh, New York avoided overreach. Uh, and I, I wrote about this uh, in The Athletic when it, when it happened. Utah obviously got what they wanted in terms of uh, an unprotected pick haul with some high upside scenarios, maybe. And then Cleveland is the one you could argue most that maybe they overpaid a little. But I also think... In the situation they were in, there were no easy outs to acquiring more talent of this level. So I thought it was I, I thought it was an okay proposition from their end, even though it came with, with some risks. I just think they're they're at a point where getting beyond the three star players they have probably entails taking on some additional risk. Yeah, I think so. And the downside of those picks, when you in theory have control over at a minimum, Evan Mobley, you would think for six, seven more years. And Garland is on a five-year deal uh, that doesn't even kick in until next year. So you got six more years of him in theory. And Jared Allen has four years left as well. So you're hopeful that even if you end up losing Mitchell, that you're not that bad. And also that you're a, a good enough team to retain him in the end once that contract expires you'd be a free agent in 2025 there is an inflection point probably two years from now where if it's not working out or he has indicated that he doesn't necessarily want to sign an extension because he can't sign the supermax now 
Um, we could run into an issue where it makes more sense for him to just wait until 2025 free agency because the cap is expected to go up that year. So that could be a, a potential concern as well with him not wanting to extend. But in theory, you should have a good idea and you can move him again and at least recoup some of those assets probably not all of them when he has a year left on his deal so uh i guess the question that i have about this Cavs team if there's any team in the league you'd think that can handle two small guys like that in the backcourt and still win it's a team with jared allen and evan mobley my big concern though is what are they going to do to get someone with a pulse at the three that's that's the unanswered question here right is that you know they drafted okoro they've hope, hope hoping to plug him in as a defensive stopper hasn't he just hasn't hit on that kind of level like he's defensively he's fine he's not amazing but he's he's fine but offensively he's just done nothing his first two years so i i don't know if they're if that one's going to pay off they traded uh, a future first for Karis LeVert, which I think was probably a mistake. Um, and yeah, probably that even though even though they were able to keep the pick, um, he's just not. Especially now with Mitchell there, like he's not the three you need with those guys. Um, he'll have a role as a six man and do some stuff, but I'm, I'm a little leery of them extending him too. Um, it's interesting to me obviously their dream scenario the guy who comes in at small forward is lebron james uh but i i, I still think there's a there's a lot of roadblocks to that happening that's a very like one percent scenario i think and so with the yeah, trade assets have yeah, yeah. With the trade assets gone, what they really need to do is hit on their mid-level exception with a with a guy who can be like the 20th best small forward, right? You need to like do like like when we signed Kyle Anderson. Like you need to do like a move like that where you get you get somebody who's at least pretty good and can fill that spot because they're they almost look like Sacramento right now, right? Where there's like nobody good between 6'3 and 6'9. Um and so that's the biggest yeah. thing left on the roster that they need to fill. No, that that makes sense. They will have 16 million in cap space if they don't do anything this offseason other than move on from Jetty Osmond, although that means no Levert and no Kevin Love coming back either. And then you're pretty thin even at, at that point. They could, if they moved on from Ricky Rubio and Okoro, get to 30 million in space and maybe go after someone like Andrew Wiggins as a free agent or maybe Jeremy Grant, that sort of a player. But yeah, maybe it's just you got to find something along the margins with the mid-level. But obviously, guys who really can be in that role, you know, maybe they'll be veterans like a pj tucker or a jay crowder that they can just sort of cycle through although i still don't think they're necessarily going to be a premium destination for those sorts of guys uh, unless they can show they're truly in the championship mix and that just coming up with depth as well is going to be difficult i mean you think maybe they just end up re-signing love and lavert because they're in the bird rights trap with them and they're yeah. not necessarily going to get anybody else but those guys are offense only players you know you basically now only have two good defensive players on the whole team who are very good but you run into some issues there so I, i'm and also you know we'll see now jb bickerstaff presumably they're going to make the playoffs uh he, he hasn't really been the coach of a team that's really trying to compete at this level yet and getting deep into the playoffs so that that'll be another thing to keep an eye on here uh, as well i think he can do a good job with this group in the regular season and get them to defend but how good do you think these guys are this year and how good do you think they could be two three years from now which is when they're really kind of shooting for yeah i think it's interesting so this this is probably if you were anti-mitchell trade this would probably be the core of your argument that 
you're not going to be able to extend him unless they change the rules on extensions in the CBA, which I guess is possible. Um, you know, if they change the cap to 30 or 40 percent raises or something on the, on, a, on an extension, then extending Mitchell becomes much more plausible. But that you're looking at a two year window with Mitchell, then once you're a year out, you're really at that point where you need to either know he's staying or you're probably trading him and getting trying to get some of your money back. From the initial deal. So how high are you really going to go in this window of the next two years? Or how bought in can you get Donovan Mitchell to staying and not signing with, say, New York, which, you know, was the rumored destination, obviously, or someplace else and and having wandering eyes? I mean, there's a chance he looks around and says, OK, this is, you know, <laughs> this is pretty good. I got, you know, a bunch of guys in the, in the 20s here. And I, I think what it ultimately comes down to is like their ceiling becomes really high if Mobley becomes one of the 10 best players in the league. Right. Otherwise, they're they're still good, but they remind me like a little bit of our team in Memphis where we had four really good players, none of whom were dominant, right? And so it we we were good and everyone enjoyed that era. Like and that's a worthy thing. Like people get caught up in rings or busts, and I don't necessarily think it always has to be like that. But there's there's definitely a difference when you trade for a guy who's like the say 20th best player in the league versus when you trade for a guy who's, you know, when you do the Durant trade, let's say. That like there's just a completely different uh postseason ceiling to your team at that point. Anyone who's seen our YouTube videos knows that I don't wear formal stuff all the time. So when it's time to dress up rather than dress down, I highly recommend Inochino. They were the official outfitter of my wedding. I got my tux from there. All my groomsmen got their sport jackets from there as well. I felt really good about having them be the outfitter of my wedding because all my groomsmen were going to get stuff that they could continue to wear that fit them perfectly. Because when you go somewhere else, you're not going to get something that's made for you. So why not measure yourself in 10 minutes or visit a showroom rather than feeling like you're wearing somebody else's suit that they tried and failed to tailor for you. And not only does Indochino have the suits that made them famous, but now they've got everything. Blazers, pants, women's wear, outerwear, designed and made for you. Hundreds of high quality fabrics to choose from. European wools, linen, cottons, tons of colors, tons of patterns you can customize. Things like the lapel, the vents, the pockets. And you'll get a piece that is personalized for you in fit and style. So level up your game with Indochino. Go to Indochino.com and use the code PER. Easy to remember because John invented it. Use PER to get 10% off any purchase of $399 or more. That's 10% off at Indochino. I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O. Indochino.com. And don't forget that PER code to let them know you came from us. I remember after college, before I was going to move on to the next chapter of my life, my buddy and I went to Hilton Head, South Carolina to work some summer jobs and hang out. We had a great time, except for his car. His car was awful. We called it the POS. It was like a 91 Oldsmobile Cutlass Sierra. We're allowed to talk about Oldsmobile now that it's a defunct brand, right? Is that okay? This thing had the turning radius of a World War I battleship, broke down all the time, just a, a miserable vehicle to drive. And when customers are rushing to your store, you want a point of sale system that you can trust, not a real POS 
like my buddy's car. You need Shopify for retail. It makes it easy to accept payments, manage orders, and build relationships with customers. You can sell in person, backed by everything that you need to sell online, track every sale across your business in one place, know exactly what's in stock, connect with customers in line and online. You can drive in-person store traffic with plug-and-play tools for marketing campaigns on social media. Get great hardware that fits your business, accept credit cards, mobile payments, every other major payment method, all with low fees and transparent pricing starting on day one. Plus, their award-winning help is there to support you every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash PER. All lowercase. Easy to remember slash PER because John invented PER. Go to shopify.com slash PER to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash PER. No, I, I'm in agreement with you there. And, and I'm more torn on this trade, I think, than I've been on any other trade for a long time. And ultimately, I think I probably come down to where I, I would have done the trade with this return, even with some of the issues we noted and getting someone at the three. I mean, it's just so hard to win at the highest levels without that. But even so, you know, for the Cleveland Cavaliers, a young team, three of the four guys being relatively homegrown to just start an era of Cavs basketball where they're going to be winning 50 games a year, probably for hopefully, you know, a five or six year period to be relevant again. I mean, they were extremely eager to get back to that. And I think in contrast to the the Levert move, the Levert move, I hated that because I was like, hey, you're trying to be good three years from now. Why do you care about making the playoffs, which they didn't even do, by the way, and yeah. giving up future draft picks that could be helpful to you when you're actually trying to be good? Now, though, Donovan Mitchell is still young enough to improve, you know, at 26, like he, you know, as a point guard, he's or small shooting guard. He should continue to get better with his shot, you know, get into the prime of his career two, three years from now. And then you have these other three guys who can continue to get a lot better as well. So I think this makes them a solid playoff team now. And then maybe a team that's going to be fighting maybe even for the top of the East in, uh, in the regular season. And so to create an era of Cavs basketball like that, that seems pretty good. The question that I would say, John, is just, all right, they did this. I think this looks pretty good, right? Like the, maybe they're not ever going to win a championship with this group, but they're going to be very good for a while. That's That means something. What does the path not traveled look like? Like that's kind of the question to me of if they don't do this, what does it look like? Because I think they felt like we're not really giving up that much in that path not traveled. That seemed like they're thinking. And they they might be right on that point. Uh, who who is coming along with that would have been a better that would have been a better play here? I guess that you could say the better play would have been to just do the slow build and and out to like 2025 and then really push your chips in, right? That that's that's probably the alternative. Is somebody we can't imagine who's available three years from now. Maybe, um, but I mean, I still think, and I, I thought that this is, I like this trade much more for the Caps than I did Gobert for Minnesota, but the point could be made of like, hey, when is it going to become the case that a guy this young, three years left on his deal, at least he's not averse to being in Cleveland right now. We'll see how he feels in a couple of years, but he seems to be happy about the trade, happy about playing with Garland and this young group and believes in them. What other chance are you going to get to get a guy who's that talent? I really he's only the 20th best player in the league but if you can add him to two other all-stars which is what you think you're gonna have I, I mean all due respect to your memphis teams you didn't have like three all-stars on those teams you're better defensively than these guys are probably gonna be but uh we did it we did have three really all-stars really but they but they never made it in the same year we did have three guys who made the all-star True. team yeah 
but Mike Mike didn't make it until uh, he got to Utah because he got shafted in 2015. But I don't know. Bygones. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so I guess that's how I feel about it. And then also there's the thought of like, hey, if it goes wrong in two years, you paid up for a couple of good years of Donovan Mitchell, and you're not going to get as much left. But you know that discount on on what you had to give up to trade for him versus what you can get for him two years from now, like that's just worth two good years of, of being really good, getting some playoff experience for Garland and Mobley that maybe they wouldn't have gotten, and then you can go forward with that group from there. Um, I guess my biggest concern is just the depth. Like, how do you build a full team here, not only with someone at the three, but then also just good players beyond that when you don't really have any picks? I mean, they they have their 24 pick that they can trade, and then the 26 they have to swap, but they can't trade the 24 pick until the actual draft or, or after the pick is made. Um, you know, even having to give up someone like Abaji in this trade, like, kind of sucks for them, right? Like, me, he could have just maybe been a good player for them off the bench who was cheap these next few yeah. years. So that's that, that's what I'm, I'm like. And this isn't a team. They made the right pick with Mobley. That was an obvious one. You know, the only pick that they've made that I've loved has been Garland. The Allen trade was brilliant. I didn't like that extension they gave him at the time or, or the new contract at the time, but that obviously was well worth it. So this isn't a group, though, that's been able to get a lot of wins just kind of manufacturing guys out of nothing. And they're going to need to do that now. Yeah, I mean, they've had a little bit of success with scrap heap guys with like Dean Wade and Lamar Stevens, but they those guys like... I think those are more like t- 10th man types, right? Like they, they, haven't, they haven't like popped or anything. Yeah. The guy who sort of intrigues me a little bit, who's just been too injured all the time uh, is uh, Dylan Windler. Um, Here we if go. He, if he could maybe be a 3-4, <laughs> he's got some deep shooting range, good cutter. Like I'm still sort of intrigued by him, but he's he's not going to solve what they need defensively though uh, from that spot. Um, no. a, another source of extra depth that I'm surprised you have not talked about yet, friend of the show, Howell Neto. You can, go, you can go Neto Rubio off the bench and, and with your second group and be, feel pretty good about that, even though there's not a ton of yeah, shooting. The annoyance factor for the opponent would, mm-hmm. will be extremely high. Through the roof, with yes. With that group. Um, you know, I, I'm in agreement with you that this isn't like some disaster from New York to not get him. I think they did miscalculate in the sense that they thought that Danny Ainge would go back to, to them, and it appears that he did not. You know, there's obviously a lot of spin coming out of New York. Ironic because they're dealing with Danny Ainge as opposed to the spin coming from Danny Ainge of like, <laughs> oh, we actually made the best offer, but you know they just didn't accept it. That that whole deal. I mean, obviously this whole thing, the, the CAA connections, like this is being managed in the media as well to some degree to make it look like, hey, you know, we really tried to get this guy all, all this stuff, and they just, you know, Danny Ainge just wouldn't do it. Maybe this is also a Danny Ainge is like, hey, you know what? If these offers are equal, like fuck you, New York, fuck you for showing up to Game One of, of this Dallas series, and like, you know, you're not sitting in like the scouting section like you're getting like <laughs> yeah. tickets to sit and watch the game like no you dicks like we're not trading him to you uh that's the that's the part that gets me a little bit like i mean i've gone to other teams nba games plenty but yeah like you just you just get it you know you you go through their guys or whatever and you get like the regular yeah, seat in the media section or in the scout section or whatever each arena does it a little differently but like to <laughs> <laughs> to show up in a courtside seat like you're, like your freaking Spike Lee. Uh, that, yeah, that like, was a what little... the fuck is the point of that? 
<laughs> other than just I'll, I'll say, antagonizing I'll say, them. I'll say, I'll say this though. I mean, in seven years, like we never, we never took the lesser offer just to be like, ha ha to another team. Like, cause it, yeah. you're the one, you're the team that has to live with the trade at the end of the day. So yeah. as, as much as you, as much as another front office or agent or whatever might frustrate you, you're taking the best deal that's there. Like there, there is no question. Like there is, like I can think of one particular situation where I definitely didn't want to deal with a certain team, but I had to. And so it was like, okay, like this is the best deal. I can, here we go. So, um, so, yeah, you know, so I, I to, think, to, but, but I'm saying if, if they were close, that's all I'm saying is like, if they were very close and, and I guess yeah, like you can question, Danny brought this up and we don't know, oh, two unprotected Knicks picks. Okay. What years were they? Were there swaps involved? Were those unprotected? Yeah, here's the we thing, don't know, but yeah, here's the thing with any yeah. like leaked trade proposal after the fact, people will tell you stuff, but there's, there's almost uh, having seen the sausage made from the inside. There's almost always stuff that has been left out of that. <laughs> and so you don't really know when you got the whole story. As opposed to when there's an actual transaction, we have like facts to compare it to. So we like we know exactly what Cleveland's offer was because that was the tr- actual trade. So I, I just think like any sort of rumored trade proposal has to be taken with giant pillars of salt. Yeah, I I agree with you, and obviously it'll be presented in the uh, most favorable light. Uh, There's a report that Gerson Rosas was doing the negotiating for the Knicks, which I thought was was kind of interesting. Uh, that uh, I, don't, I don't know what to make of that. It, it, it speaks it, more to me just that he has just joined up there, just that he has a, a role in the in their front office that I guess is pretty significant. It's one of the you know you would think top three positions. Like when we uh, there were trades we did with other teams where. It wasn't Chris Wallace on the phone with their GM. It was me on the phone with their assistant GM. And basically then each of us brought the deal to our GMs and they just like thumbs up, thumbs down. And and we kind of went from there. And it's a lot of it's like relationship driven because uh, I think they said uh, Rosas and Justin Zanuck had a good relationship going back or whatever. And a lot of times, you know, there's 30 teams in the league. We'll divvy up the teams in a front office depending on relationships so that one person has eight or nine or them and then another person has the same and the third you know so it so it's not necessarily going to be Danny Ainge on the one end of all these phone calls and and Leon Rose on the other like that's not that's not really how it works a, a lot of times I mean sometimes yes but a lot of times it's the um, assistant GM or whatever you know with title inflation you know executive VP of basketball operations you know now um, who is who is making that call to the to the same party on on the other team and the and that's where the deal happens a lot of times. Well, and to that end as well, it's worth noting that, you know, Justin Zanuck has been there for a lot of this time, uh, but there's clearly a comfortability with the Utah and Cleveland front offices. They've done a million deals together. Danny Ainge and Kobe Altman did the Kyrie Irving deal back in 2017 Yes, as well, which is a, a somewhat similar deal to this one. So uh, definitely there <clears throat> was a, a comfortability there with Cleveland and making that deal. And just, I, I think, that can be useful because it's easier to get to a deal when you just have a confidence that your proposals aren't going to get out there that you you're not oh if i just say this one thing and now you're going to hold me to that forever and we can never move off of this position you know the you know or just it's, feeling like hey we can actually compromise and get something it's worth going down this road to begin with and spending the time that i mean that having done this on the inside 
that is absolutely a thing. Like the, the, the people you have trust in, the people you know don't leak. And believe me, like everyone keeps score on this. Um, the people that uh, it, you've you've gotten a deal to the finish line with before, so you just sort of know how the how the dance works. And then they're just I don't know, just personality wise. Sometimes it's just you just find you click more easily with some people and just have more feel more freedom to just throw things off the wall with each other and and get a little more creative. Um, so I I definitely found at least for me that there were some people who were much easier for me to get to get a deal past the 50 yard line with than others. Now, inevitably in a front office, you discuss a hundred deals and maybe do one of them at the end of the day. But um, there, in, in terms of, in terms of things that might have happened, like there, there's a completely skewed distribution d- depending on the front office. It was really kind of remarkable. BP added more than $70 billion to the U S economy in 2022 Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. So I guess time will tell of whether the Jazz made the right choice, right? You know, Danny made the point of, hey, maybe two unprotected Knicks picks are more valuable than three unprotected Cavs picks and that prioritizing we have to get three unprotected picks or maybe they should have been more interested in some of these other picks that the Knicks had as well rather than making it so much about unprotected but as we noted we don't know exactly which unprotected picks they were if it was 23 and 25 that's not as valuable as the ones down the line because the Knicks would project to have Mitchell and and be a decent team during that period so before we get to the mailbag though obviously the fire sale is going to start here or i shouldn't say start gonna finish in utah what do you think is the value of their other guys they got conley making 23 and then he's 24 next year 14 million guaranteed at the draft clarkson is making 13 14 million dollar player option for next year Rudy Gay, probably not worth anything at this point. He's probably negative salary. Uh, And then they got Bogdanovich, 19.6. That expires after this year. So what do you think is the value of those guys? uh, Well, they may keep this guy, but Malik Beasley making 15 and a half this year. Team option for 16.6 next year. Um, So I would say Bogdanovich is probably the guy with the most value. And the question is, can you get a late first for him? I think you probably you might. I mean, given his age, it's an interesting value proposition because if you're on the other team, you'd say, well, I might like it better if I could extend him first. But what's the extension at his age where you really feel good about it and where he feels good about it? Because he's probably thinking, I'm going to play one more year, have a big year and then get my last payday. So that may be a tough one to pull off. 
Uh, yeah, they, they could do even with the extended trade rules. They could do you know say another two years at what he's making now. You know that's something that might be fair ish. Yeah. Um, but that might be part of the that may well be part of the trade negotiations. A team that feels like they can extend him for a number that they like, okay, is more likely to give something up. So I think that that'll be part of the uh, what ends up happening here with him. I would say Clarkson is probably more likely to be like multiple seconds rather than a late first. Uh, I think you have to assume he's probably going to opt out of that 14-4 number. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, he's, he's, nobody's bringing him in to start. The, that's true. Yeah. I mean, I guess if you really know that it's a late first. You know where I would actually like Jordan Clarkson a lot is in Milwaukee. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, because as you often talk about, they basically can't run a pick and roll right now. Um, and, and there are guys there who can protect him more defensively. That's that's a good yeah. one. Milwaukee doesn't Grayson have... Grayson Allen and, and George Hill. Uh, now, I, I mean, Milwaukee just doesn't have anything to trade. Is the, I guess they have their 2029 first. I, I don't know if I would want to give that up necessarily. Um, so I... 2025. Yeah. They actually have a second from Sacramento and a second from Indiana in 24 and 25. I wonder if that would be yeah. compelling. Although yeah, I mean, you, I don't think Utah's interested in taking on the dead salary of those guys though especially Allen for another year bring him bring him but that, that would be back okay home. i mean i think no? i'm sorry yeah grace <laughs> allen <laughs> i it, it's interesting though because if you're utah you'd rather get these guys off your roster before the season starts because sure the only thing they're going to do is cause you to win too many games like if they if they go into the season with the team they have right now they won't be good, but they're not that bad either, right? They'll win like 35 games and end up picking ninth, which is exactly what Utah doesn't want. The most valuable pick they get out of these trades, in all likelihood, is their own pick this year and next year, right? That That's that's the, still the biggest prize here, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And particularly because next year, their pick, I think, is top 10 protected to uh, OKC. So they'll, they'll want to hold on to that one for a couple of years. Yeah, you know... Uh, I would like Boyan in Memphis pretty well too. That's a, another one where I think like they really. How would we tell here. him and Taylor Jenkins apart? <laughs> oh, that's good. That's really good. So, um, yeah, Utah is probably not going to be that good. I, I think yeah, we're looking at kind of late first type of stuff for these guys. I think you're really more relying if you're Utah on external leverage. If I'm Utah, I'm willing to take back some bad salary. I mean, maybe that's the other way that they can get to some good value here is to just take back some pretty ugly salary um, because, you know, they got $32 million in cap space for next year, even if they hold on to all their guys probably. And, you know, taking on bad salary when you have, like they're not going to have good players to trade next year to take on more bad salary. It's so much easier to do that when you, have, I mean, Sam Presti has shown this, when you have a good player to trade back, and you you take the dump from the other team, so. Yeah. Um, but I, I think this is a good time to transition into our questions again. And this one from uh, Ellie is a good one applying to Utah. Let's stop talking about the good teams and let's pick the three teams that will have 14% Wembenyana odds. Well, I'll go with Houston and Oklahoma City right off the bat. Uh, and I'll say probably Orlando's the third one. Okay, you think that they will be, those teams will be worse than Utah and San Antonio? De- I definitely think they'll be worse than Utah. Utah has way too much competence up and down the roster right now. Um, even well, though they- we're, we're, they're going to get rid of a lot of it, right? I mean, so so what is their actual team going to be, Utah, you think? It's going to be probably Sexton, Markinen. Sexton, Beasley, Markinen, Vanderbilt, Fontecchio, Agbaji. 
Horton Tucker. Uh, Horton Tucker. Horton uh, Tucker could be a great tank guy where it's just like, well, let's I just mean, give him the ball every time. Let's face it, Sexton could be a great tank guy because he's like very entertainingly scoring you 30 a night while, you know, not really helping you win. So that's... We'll, I mean, see, we'll see about him. I think I think people have, have fallen off too much on, on him. It's not like he was... There was no way he was going to help those Cavs teams that he was scoring a bunch of points on win. But well, I, I, I think it's probably going to be the same way. Here. I think he's going to be in a similar situation. Yeah, um, they'll, they'll at least like have a little bit of shooting. Maybe I don't know. Um, yeah. So like, I mean, a team whose best player is Colin Sexton. I think you're you're certainly going to be one of the top five worst teams, right? That yeah, that seems that seems fair. I just when when you get down to the bad teams. Like having a bunch of rotation caliber guys, just it does kind of it does kind of give you some floor. Yeah, and they'll they could always shut guys down too. I mean, I mean, I think OKC. I don't know. Like, I, I think they could actually even without Chet, I think they could be competent. I they still have so many guys on that team who just flat out suck. Like, have no business being in the league. And I, you know, there's no there's no Chet now. I know they still have Shea until about the All Star break. Um, <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. Did I say that out loud? Well, they also they also have a good coach. Like it's worth noting that they have defended at like a league average rate when they've actually not just completely shut guys down under Mark Dignall. Yeah, he uh, he's done a nice job there, and so it's it's possible they win just enough to end up being like the fifth worst team. Like San Antonio definitely has a has a shot at this because um, especially if they trade some, you know some more of these guys like Doug McDermott and Jakob Pertl, uh, they could get down there. Indiana, I think, has a, has an interest in being bad, but I, th- I think there's just too much talent there still. Uh, like Halliburton alone, like gives them gives them some kind of upside, and then that you know we'll see what happens with Miles Turner and stuff. Like they still have actual good players there. Um, they probably look more like a yeah. 30. If they if they get rid of Miles Turner, their defense is going to be like the worst defense. Are you down on Goga Batadze? Is that what you're saying? Well, uh, it, you know somebody needs to go after an opposing player in the tunnel after they. <laughs> Game. Well, when it's a when it's an imposing Hulk like Corkmaz, I mean, you gotta you gotta bring backup, yeah. right? Yeah, we need we need three guys to handle Corkmaz in the tunnel. <laughs> Oh goodness! Um, you know, San Antonio. I just don't think they have it in them to like truly tank. Um, you know, they. I could see them moving on from Pirtle, and then their big man situation isn't going to be amazing. You could see them moving on from Josh Richardson. They have nobody at point guard whatsoever. Like Trey Jones is their starting point guard right now. Like this, these guys going to be pretty terrible on offense, don't you think? Seems that way, especially. Uh, I like. I assume they're going to call the herd a little bit at shooting guard too i gotta think they trade josh richardson right who's like he's he's the best point guard on their team right now and if he's gone like that they'll still have the team they put out right now is like respectably bad but it's if you subtract richardson mcdermott purtle then you're right then it's just keldon johnson and a bunch of guys and and it's more bad bad uh that so that that scenario is on the table yeah yeah um and orlando yeah like they have some vets too see see what's gonna happen there um you know actually losing gary harris to this meniscus might be a a blow for them 
young and their backcourt isn't any good Paolo is probably not gonna be too efficient this year but I think they can like each of these teams you can kind of come up with a way in which they might be competent I, I mean I guess which of these teams like there's just yeah I don't know I think like Utah's defense is gonna be awful like that like that is gonna be I think I feel pretty confident about that I think Utah is gonna be in the mix I think they're gonna have one of the three worst records in the wow. end if they assuming they get rid of all the vets yeah. I think they'll have one of the three worst records. yeah they just they just still have a lot of work to do and if it goes to the trade deadline I'm not sure they're gonna be as as bad as maybe they want to be but that's that's gonna get interesting what you what, know why so you think Houston is just for sure gonna suck well they won 21 games last year and traded their leading scorer uh (laughs) what would that have to do with anything like they they're just so young and raw across the board like they're houston has talent but i just like that that stew just needs more time uh you know porter green shangoon jabari smith like yeah there's some good pieces tari eason like there's some good pieces there but who's who's ready to help them win games right now of those guys um the pistons aren't part of this conversation i think they're gonna be just slightly more competent than that i i like ivy and duran I, th- I think both of them could be sort of helpful right away they brought in alec burks he'll, i mean they'll probably trade him at the trade deadline but still like there's another legitimate playmaker there besides Cade now uh you know they have they have they have front court players they have good size there's not a lot of shooting there and you know there were roster is still in a very like experimental phase yes but i I think they just end up being like a a cut better than those other teams maybe like the fifth worst i I guess there are i I think there's realistically six teams right now that are in this i've got to and i've done my outlooks for i think four of them so detroit i got 28 wins indiana 29 orlando 26 Mm -hmm. actually yeah so I've, i've only done it for three of them and then houston san antonio and utah are probably the other three i mean is there anyone else that okc in that mix oh sorry okc yeah okay so that's so there's there's seven in the mix yeah okay i mean that's that's seven like i don't see any of these teams on paper as being like spectacularly bad maybe maybe i agree with that i I agree with that i and at least all and all of them should be other than maybe utah and possibly san antonio i think all of them will be very watchable because they have like good young players that we're going to be interested um utah and san antonio are a little they don't really have like any young studs where you're like all right everyone's this guy i think well we'll see i mean san antonio's got those three rookies i mean i like blake wesley i like jeremy sohan so well they may end up being watchable yeah wesley seems like a solid like 25 usage 48 percent true shooting guy this year 18 <laughs> percent turnover rate yeah totally yeah 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 which and again i i like him too but it's just that that's i think what he's gonna be this year uh particularly on a team that he's just gonna be overstretched yeah yeah and i guess like houston i mean there's basically like no way their defense gonna be good right that's it seems I, almost I guess in, inconceivable between the roster and yeah. having watched them play last year um there let's say it's an uphill battle uh jay sean tate can't guard the other team by himself tari eason will probably help them in some respects on that end uh but he's another guy who's just like kind of wild and reckless like everybody else there so it kind of feeds into the to the weaknesses that are that are pre-existing a little bit but we'll see Garrison yeah, Matthews take like, like eight offense, charges a game, so that'll be nice. 
Yeah, and uh, four three, four shot fouls a game too. Yeah, uh, or three shot fouls, I guess. Uh, Jalen Green, like they to be to get to thirty wins, like Jalen Green and probably Kevin Porter are gonna have to really blow up. Jabari will have to actually like be a reasonable starter. That's probably asking a lot. Yeah, I think, and also like they're another they're a team that is certainly uh quite willing to be pretty tank tastic. So I, I I think yeah, Houston would probably be my pick for the worst record. Let, let's do it here. I'm gonna go Utah. I think Houston and Utah and you know i guess i'll give okc some love again they're just so committed (laughs) sam Sam has said he's like yeah you know what if we're not in it like we're gonna do the same thing again he basically admitted that so i'll go okc in houston um as i look at this like there's a real pathway for san antonio to be worse than orlando if they trade richardson mcdermott and pertle before the season although it seems like maybe that'll go to the trade deadline now um they they definitely have cards to play that could make them extremely bad. Like Utah, I just think there's there's like too many halfway decent, competent guys like to give them like a decent one through nine rotation where it's like, oh man, the bench went on a 17-2 to run. What 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 just happened? We're up by 12? Like um I, I think I think it just there's just a little bit too much of that there in Utah, even if they trade some of these veterans. Um yeah, I think yeah, maybe I should go san antonio over okc because especially if they get rid of some of these vets like they'll have two real players left on the team like johnson and vassell and that's it as far as guys who are any good it's just i just don't like because it takes commitment at the end of the season like if you're even simply trying even in the slightest at the end of the season like you're going to win games because there are other teams that are just completely tanking whereas uh, and i just i don't think that greg popovich this might be his last season too to just straight up like all right we're gonna shut all these guys down that's i guess there's only two guys to shut down at that point it's johnson and the cell yeah no i mean to underscore your point um so in 2018 we really committed to the bit and uh i'm I'm trying to remember we went like four and 29 over our last 33 games i think um whereas and one of those games i'm trying not to remember one of those games was after we had already locked into the worst record so like we (laughs) we we yeah Maybe put a little more into that one. Um, I think you guys might have had, yeah. Then, but the year after that, we were actually trying to win at the end of the year because we we didn't know we were going to end up second and end up with John Morant. We had the ninth worst record and we had a protected pick from the Jeff Green trade. We were trying to end up 10th worst, if if I remember right. And uh, uh, so we were actually trying to win a little bit. But we had all five starters for the last maybe three, four weeks were out with injuries, but we were still able to either win games or stay in games against anyone that wasn't like a top 10 team in the league because just no, no, nobody else was even, you know, these other teams just weren't, weren't trying. They were very willing to lose to us if we had any commitment to winning at all. Uh, so it, it yeah. was a very odd time. It really underscored to me. It was like, wow, like I'm looking at, I'm looking at our lineup, like Conley was out, Valanchunas was out. Out. Avery Bradley was out. Uh, I'm, tr- I'm trying to remember. I th- Kyle was out by that point. Like, it, like our, our whole one through five was out, and uh, uh, Jaron Jackson was out too. And and yet we were still able to play and compete and and uh, win win a lot of these games. Um, unless it was ge- unless it was against a playoff team, like we had we had a really good chance of winning, and and that that really underscored it to me. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. 
It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. All right. Uh, you want to pick another question here? Yeah. Uh, give me one second. This is actually an interesting question that gets at another question. Uh, Sala Cartago asked, should the Clippers trade for Miles Turner, who might be the best player to guard Jokic 1v1? Uh, we can debate that separately, but it brings to mind two questions for me. One, like, should the Clippers be going after another center? And two, what is the landing spot for Miles Turner? Like, what's the place that makes sense for him? Well, the, the place that makes sense for him or the place that actually wants to trade for him, I think that's two different things. I, I think, like, for example, I would love Miles Turner in New York because he would make the their whole team just work much better to be able to space the floor from the center position you know julius randall would become a lot more viable i think he's better defensively than the guys they have and just having him be able to stand in the corner which he probably doesn't want to do but whatever uh i mean he's about to be a free agent which is a little bit of a problem um obviously la would be useful um particularly now with ad i, I think like they just have to find a way to get better defensively than th- they have been so th- that westbrook trade for him it certainly is is something that I think would make some sense. Um, you know, Dallas isn't really doesn't really seem to be interested in him anymore. I would like him a lot in Chicago. Actually, that would make a lot of sense to me. They don't have much to trade. Like, yeah, I, it would have to. It would they'd have to trade Vooch for him. Which why is Indiana good to do that? And then the Bulls are out first round yeah. picks from the DeRozan deal and the Vooch trade. Um, so it's it's. I mean, you're not going to put in Patrick Williams to that, are you? I mean that. that that's the only thing. Um, I, I mean, they aren't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fair. Fair. Yeah. But but I mean, like, like you know, something like Patrick Williams for Vucevic, or, or Patrick Williams at Vucevic for. I, I mean, I don't know if Vuce has any value. I don't think he does. Um. I mean, maybe you hold on to Vuce and just play him as a backup the rest of the year. They probably wouldn't be too happy about that. Uh. But like, if you could get another one of their decent young players, like if you get like Chris Duarte, mm-hmm. who I think would actually be a, a decent fit in Chicago, like Turner and Duarte, assuming again that you could you felt confident about your ability to re-sign Turner. I mean, that's a big part of it and why he's, his value is probably going to be lower. Um, yeah, the Clippers, I mean, that they, they only have the one center in Zubats, but I, I think they ultimately, they want to just defend with defensive versatility and switch on that second unit. They have the personnel to do it. So I don't think he makes a ton of sense there. I've always liked Turner in Memphis a lot. Uh, that's yeah. the, the guy that I've been saying they should go after. I mean, it, it just it doesn't seem to have a, a, a ton of... Now, if there is a way for Milwaukee to get him, I think that would be very interesting also um would you do trade it almost has to be brooke lopez right well i mean maybe you probably maybe just hold on to brooke lopez at that point and i mean just for this year to have both of them i mean there's no reason to dump him but you know if you could do allen and hill maybe indiana's interested in marjan beauchamp and you've got your 2029 first to trade to again i think i don't know if i'd want to trade that 2029 first unprotected for miles turner but because we wonder right like hey how are the bucks they're getting old they have to get younger for like maybe the lopez holiday and 
and Middleton triumvirate around Giannis will be enough this year but there's going to come a time in the next two three years where those guys are just too old to be the core around Giannis you got to figure out a way to get younger Turner can be the fit around Giannis the same way that Lopez is uh he's probably got a little bit more mobility and versatility potentially about the same level of shooter probably not doesn't have the same post-up skill but that's okay so I like that would and, and he like enables you to still play that same Bucks ball style yeah uh you know I, I and maybe you could also get Duarte in that trade or something like that who would also be a good fit there like one more guy who can knock down a shot or or maybe this the trade could be expanded to put Buddy Heald in it then you probably would have to put Lopez in uh I think you might run into some salary matching issues there and, and the Bucks would be taking on a lot of salary which they you just get, I think you just it. get to a level on the tax when you put Buddy in it where it yeah. becomes pretty unpalatable no you're right I, I think that's that's probably untenable um yeah maybe lopez does just have to be in it i mean they uh i guess they just gave bobby portis a straight up new contract so they can't move him until uh january 15th yeah Connaughton is an extension but his extension is large enough that i think there's a trade restriction on him i'm trying to remember there is there is yeah yeah if it's more importantly it's long enough Oh, right. He yeah, there's still extension. a lot of teams out there, though, that I, I mean, a guy a big who can block shots and shoot. Like, I know his shooting ability is kind of dubious, but I think there's a lot. I mean, Toronto, I think he would be a great fit in Toronto. Like, There's a lot of teams that should be in on him. I, I've, I've been saying this for three years now. Miami, would you play him next to Bam? Could you play Bam at four and Turner at five? Because Miami has no four right now, so that's that's why I'm mentioning them. Yeah, and Miami has picks to trade if they wanted to. It's just a question too of like, hey, you're gonna have to really pay Miles Turner probably. I mean, he's gonna be looking for you know, over 20 million a year for four years at least. You would think, if not more than that, he might be looking for 25. All right, yeah. let's move on to this one here. We've okay. got about five minutes left. Mark asks, uh, what do you think is Scotty Barnes' best position when he's 25? I think he's, you know, it's it's tough to say, but he's. He's like an on the ball small forward, right? He's he's what Paul George does or what uh Giannis does a little bit, right? Like he's he's technically guarding the other team's three or four or maybe even five, but he's playing on the ball offensively. That's his role. So I don't, I don't know what position yeah. you even call that in the modern era. Like I would still call that a 3, but some people would call that a 1. Well, I think part of it is just what are you setting up? I, I think of positions now more as just who you're guarding. Um, you know, you can give the yeah. ball to anybody one through five if you want to, and you have to think. I think of offensive positions more as just you got to add up the offense so that all the bars hit where you have you know enough finishing, enough ball handling, and enough shooting overall. And in some respects, I think he's a tough fit. But if you say he can guard the other team's three, but he'll probably be the four just in terms of like size wise. I think that's probably like he's got a lot of size, but you, he's not really a rim protector. So you probably have to play a center next to him on defense. I still don't see him as necessarily shooting the ball well enough to be the three. If he has the ball, because when I think about it, if I'm going to call him the three on offense, now we have a four. That guy's probably not as good of a shooter. So you need someone who can shoot, like have him be the worst shooter in your starting lineup. I think that's that's what your goal is, or cert, at most your second worst shooter. Yeah, and if so you, have, you might have a true five who's a worse shooter. So in that respect. Yeah, he 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 models as a four, I guess. Uh, when you when you look at it that way, it's interesting though because he's you know he's one of these multi positional guys. I mean, you could ask the same question about Pascal Siakam or OG Ananobi, right? Like, what what's what is their position? Yeah, I mean, it's very interesting. I think that his game, like Pascal, might end up being one of the closest analogs to him, maybe the closest analog in the league. 
Yeah, where the shooting maybe isn't that great, but it's good enough. And then there's 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 size, there's ball handling, there's play. Man, Barnes is a better ball handler than Siakam, I think. He he hasn't proven himself as a scorer or shooter at the level Pascal has. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Uh, all right, let's do one more here real quick. We got a couple of questions on this. Okay. On basically, like, if Zion plays at the level he was at two years ago, what is this Pels team? Does that mean he's also defending at the level he played at two years ago? And one would think it's going to be a run. I mean, the the good, healthy version of this Pelicans team has a, has a chance to be good, has a chance to be like a 50-win team, I think. There's just not a lot of defense here anywhere. That's probably the biggest concern. They're, you know, their best defender is probably the, the backup point guard. And then, uh, oh, I'm sorry, I'm well, leaving Herb, out Herb, Herb Jones. Jones obviously. Yeah, I'm leaving out Herb Jones. Yeah, but... But I mean, I mean, I guess who, so I mean, let's just go through who's on this team, right? Like they're probably going to start CJ, Herb, Brandon Ingram, Zion, and Valanchunas. Yes. I mean, now four of those five guys, I would consider to be below average defenders for their position, but they will just have a lot of size. That's, that's something at least, right? Like Brandon Ingram is your two. Herb is really good. You can get to some more defensive units if you put Larry Nance in at center. I think that if I'm them, I'm probably closing with Zion and Nance in the front court. They're pretty light on shooting though, too. Yes. Like this is a team that seems like overall less than the sum of its parts. Right now, I would I would agree with that. They need they don't really have that big who would be a perfect complement to Zion. Which yeah. we talk about. Maybe, maybe we, talk about like Turner. Turner. <laughs> we talk about Miles Turner. We talk about Miles Turner destinations exactly. Um, and, and that's a team that has the ammo to go get him. I that was why I, I just don't like Valanciunas. I think it's kind of been lost of like that that was a bad move because he doesn't fit with Zion at all offensively. And Zion didn't play last year, so it seems like oh, Jonas had a really good year. We made the playoffs. Yeah. But now I think that's going to become apparent. Like he did stretch the floor a little bit more. He had that one game where he made like the seven threes. Yes. So maybe he could do that some. But I think it's more even the defensive fit that concerns me more so than the offensive fit. Like these guys, their offenses, it's to be one of the weirder offenses that we see I mean, you got like cj as their best shooter but also like their point guard they're gonna have two guys who are really good at the mid-range which is actually kind of helps because they're not gonna have a lot of spacing and then you've got these two beasts at the four and the five and then it's not like you have like a pure shooter in herbert jones either like he's a guy who'll just like make an open one maybe yeah so yeah they're another just fascinating team but you know i see them probably in like the 45 46 win range particularly with some of the injury risks that they have yeah i, I just so- don't think that the fit is good enough to really be a lead on either end yeah i if but if they get a full season of a relatively peak version of zion i think their two-point field goal percentage is just going to be so high that they uh that that they end up having what like a top 10 offense at the very least right and yeah that pushes them forward like I mean, the team two years ago, like with Bledsoe, was just as shitty from a spacing standpoint, probably. And, you know, they're playing like Jackson Hayes a lot of minutes. And Steven Adams was the center instead of Valanciunas. And Valanciunas is a better offensive player than Adams, probably. So, And still, when Zion was on the floor in the second half of that year doing the point Zion thing, they were really good offensively because he was just such a battering ram, particularly in the regular season. There are just so few guys that can deal with him. So if he's going to play at that level again and you got these other guys, it's like yeah they are probably going to be at least a top 10 offense i think you're right about that but i just and i think their average defensively is probably the best they could hope for yeah so i would say upside to get in the low 50s but more likely this is going to be a team that wins in the 40s and is like one of the last two seeds or so 
Yeah, but but again, I think there's just it's such a weird team that there may be an alchemy here just with these guys being so good and Zion being such a force that maybe we're not understanding. But I I more default to the fit issues being a problem. Yeah, the the alchemy can cut right, both, both ways here. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, go ahead, sorry, uh, I was just saying the the yeah the chemistry the chemistry can yeah. cut both ways. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, now that I uh, attempted to end the show and failed, uh, I'll try again. Uh, Thanks so much for joining us. Again, we'll be off next week, but then you can join us the week after that. Thanks so much for being a subscriber. You can also catch us on Spotify Live each week at 3 Eastern, 12 Pacific on the Spotify Live app, although we'll also be taking next week off for that as well. Talk to you all soon. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.